0: And welcome to episode 47 of Art Supply Posse, a podcast about art supplies and the people that use them. My name is Heather and I am joined by my lovely co-host, Kathy. Hello. Hello. How are you doing, Kathy? I'm doing okay.
1: It's really hot. Yeah. And yes. <laughs> before anyone in the South says anything, including the Southwest, uh, it's, Oregon is not made for this type of heat uh very rarely do our houses have air conditioning uh most restaurants do but there are a lot that don't i mean there's a variety of of locations that don't have air conditioning Mm -hmm. um and for example so this was the last weekend of the play Um, and Sunday it was really hot and the theater was retrofitted with air conditioning, which is fantastic. So the audience has, is really cool and you know, it works out. But the problem is, is that like our green room that's, uh, has two outside walls that hit right where the sun sets. Um, there is no. The way the building was built, there was no space to add the ventilation to add the air conditioning in it. So it's not possible to add AC to the green room. So we're just like dying and my costume had multiple layers and yeah, it was really hot. And then we did strike, which means we get everything out of the theater, repaint, break Everything that was built down, put all the props and set pieces and costumes away and stuff. And so that was a good three hours of work after the play was done. And it was exhausting. Oh, Lord. It was absolutely exhausting. And then, of course, it was really hot, too. So that was fun. So yesterday, I pretty much just recovered from trying to not die. That I was, was
0: I was getting – we actually had a really mild day today, but I was getting ready, and I saw the, a little, like, news alert boop on my phone. I have that, um, like, nuzzle set up, so I just get, like, an alert yeah. when a certain threshold of people I follow on Twitter um, tweet about something, and it was this Washington Post article that it's too hot in Phoenix for airplanes to fly. Yes!
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh, I saw oh, that. Oh, man. Was crazy. <laughs> and it I was, was just thinking
0: about how I think um, – there's a lot of different ways to talk about uh, global warming and uh, we're, we're always struggling to find good ways to talk about it. So my my capacity for like really loving boring subjects is not really helpful. Like I shouldn't be a like climate change communicator because what I'm so interested about is the way that um, all of our infrastructure will fail because we've set up all of these massive systems um, on the assumption of weather within a, a certain spectrum. So, like, pipes are dug a certain, like, distance in the ground, right, where it's usually right. not so cold that they're going to freeze. And when we had, like, a cold snap back a couple years ago, um, the the uh, good old polar vortex, everybody's pipes were freezing. And uh, same thing in Phoenix. Like, airplanes are built. It's not that airplanes can't fly when it's 120 degrees. It's that we've designed our entire, like, air travel infrastructure on the assumption right of these like relatively stable patterns so all this like boring things that you've never thought about um are going to continue to be like unreliable as like yeah more and more uh, as,
1: obvious the differences
0: yeah because the the outcome to a higher like a higher global temperature is more erratic local weather right like it's not right. always about it being yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that
1: every winter is going to be hotter and hotter. It means that every exactly. winter is entirely possible it's going to be colder and then right. hotter. And then, I mean, there's all these changes. And yeah. I like I liked the using climate change as opposed to global warming because people are like, well, it's 10 degrees outside now, so it's obviously <laughs> not global warming. And you're just like... Sigh. Did you not see the movie 2012? Because (laughs) seriously. (laughs) Or the day after tomorrow. Yeah. I think it was the day after tomorrow. It's a
0: hard subject to talk about. Um, But um, to bring it back down to the human level, I'm sorry that your weather patterns are erratic and unreliable. That's a bummer.
1: As am I. But thank goodness (laughs) we have window air conditioning to keep us sane even though i had to turn mine off to record this so you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: podcasting is a hot and sweaty business sometimes
1: yes yes for sure
0: um but uh it's good to know that the play is over i mean you know i'm I'm not saying it was like some uh completely miserable thing but (laughs) it's always a little bit of nice when you get a little bit of your free time back
1: yeah, yeah. It's definitely sad. I mean there's there's friendships there's friendships there that have grown and blah blah blah. No. but there there's some people there that I'll miss seeing, you know, multiple times a week. So we have
0: plans. I think in another lifetime you were the host of a like PBS program for children. I feel like you have a good, like a good personality and temperament.
1: Uh, okay, I can handle that. PBS, if you're listening, which you're not, but we'll pretend. Feel free to call. <laughs> yeah it's it's fun and now we're getting into i'm stage managing um the fall production of peter and the star catcher um and so we're starting pre-production right now so nice it's nice to redo things again which will be fun um but peter and the star catcher is if go on youtube some clips from the broadway show because it's hilarious yeah it's It's a a peter pan story right yeah it's the prequel of peter pan and I, i'm just so excited to see what the who auditions and who gets cast and how we can make it hilarious
0: um th- our local theater did a production of that um last summer or maybe it wasn't nice. actually earlier this spring yeah i think it was like the last show that they did So a friend of mine was costuming for it i didn't get a chance to see it but i really wanted to i think that the peter pan story is super interesting um yeah. the way it's sort of Um, comments on our perception of time and wanting to hold things still and what would happen if you could actually do that. I think that's always a really interesting conversation.
1: Yeah and this this production um, so the set itself uh, in like the Broadway show and originally how it was created was very minimalist very Hamilton in the essence to where they just have impressions of things as opposed to like, we're not going to recreate the whatever, like a, a pirate ship. We're not going to completely recreate it, just have the essence of it. And mm-hmm. um, the director's vision is that it's kind of a playground. Oh, um, And nice. so that these are children. So even though it's all going to be adults uh over 16 that are cast, there's going to be like an essence of children playing in the playground and so i'm really excited to see how it turns out that's cool man local theater is the best it really is and it's such a such a great piece of art too that is easy to get involved in they pretty much always can use volunteers so it's something that maybe you don't you know have the desire to spend multiple weeks doing but a lot of times if you volunteer to help usher or help with concessions or something you can watch the show for free too so yeah it's so that's a, that's a it's, way to get involved and meet people it's
0: something that's been um hovering sort of in the back of my mind um i helped um run this program in owasso called the owasso fellowship where we would bring um College students into town for the summer and connect them with um, local nonprofits for internships. Oh, cool. And then do um, some community events as well. Um, sort of uh, like a fellowship focused on community organizing in a rural context, in particular. Right. And sort of like what those specific challenges were And um, one of the people that participated ended up um, becoming a really good friend of mine. And he was interning at our local theater and he directed the, the summer show. And we got into talking about theater and, you know, I was kind of uh, joking that um, it's like... a, a joke that I tell pretty often which is that I'm just really glad that I've never had the desire to be a performer because it seems like (laughs) a really hard life and I'm glad that I don't have that particular calling where it's like there's lots of things in my life that I feel like I'm really called to do and there's sort of a pain Um, but I'm glad that theater at least isn't one of them Uh, and we started talking and his premise was that Um, The most important part of being an actor is a willingness to be um, vulnerable and share yourself publicly. And, Um, And
1: make a fool of yourself and just like be all out there for sure yeah
0: and and those are things that I that I do identify with I think those are things that that I am good at and that are important to me so his premise was even as a, an untrained actor that in the right context with a good director that um, I could have a good experience being and you know acting in, in a production and it's Absolutely. always it's always sort of like stuck in my brain like oh man that would be such a sort of intense experience of like newness and vulnerability uh, I don't have any immediate plans, certainly, to like jump into like a minor acting role or something in a, in a community. play. <laughs> well, and I
1: can imagine that uh, in Chicago, the uh, pool of talent is uh, wider and thicker and deeper than uh, in. My location. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. I
0: wonder if there are sort of community theater equivalents in Chicago, or if all of that is just taken up by uh, aspiring actual actors. That would be interesting. Well, and
1: yeah, because I know, I know for sure. I mean, everywhere has community theater, um, but I would imagine that a lot of it is with aspiring actors who are wanting to get whatever they can so they can fill out their resume type of a thing yeah that's a good uh, point but yeah that would be really interesting yeah to maybe, find I, out.
0: maybe I missed my window
1: <laughs> <laughs> now that oh. you're not at Owasso <laughs>
0: yeah uh speaking of which though I I spent the I spent the weekend in Owasso uh which was really lovely um I had um ran back and forth as we talked about on our last show for a doctor's appointment this past week but then I was also there for the whole weekend because it was father's day and it was also my mom's birthday and oh, uh it was so nice because being in Owasso feels like being up north now um I don't know if this is a if I don't know if this is a universal experience or or if it's just a Michigan thing but um Michigan is a is a peninsula, right? So the right. the farther you go up in the peninsula, you get farther and farther like out of the way uh on the way to anywhere, you know? Like uh right. northern Michigan is not on the way to anywhere. And so as a result, even though there's really beautiful land up there, it's still like pretty reasonably affordable to have like a uh, a lot of families will sort of cooperatively um have a like a a cabin up north um that's not something my family has ever had but um even families that don't have cabins there's a really strong tradition of like quote going up north during the summer um and it has you know a certain vibe to it right like you go up north and there's no cell coverage and it's just all uh, undeveloped and super nice and peaceful and green you know and it used to feel like that when I would be in Owasso and then I would go up up north but now like living in Chicago when I go back home I get that same feeling of like taking a four-hour drive and driving out into the country and then being in this really peaceful quiet place and so now going home has this sort of additional cachet of feeling all like relaxed and fun like I had such a good time being in town and it, it felt it felt like a little mini vacation
1: a little vacation that's really that's really cool and also really interesting because you haven't moved out of Michigan for very long I mean yeah it hasn't been it's very only long been a couple all. weeks and you're already getting the sense of that not being home yeah that's a good point. yeah You didn't necessarily say I went home Mm -hmm. and this is the first time that you've, you've really mentioned it that way. So I think that's really interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I def, I think it's, it's kind of like when you're in college, you know, at some point you, you stop, you're sort of like center of gravity shifts. And I think, uh, being from Owasso is always going to be a super important part of my life and, uh, a big identity to me, but I've I've been from Owasso since I was you know 10 years old and then all through that I also I sort of like went to college or like went to Denmark or like did all these things and right. always came back and so this kind of feels like just another version of that but because I'm so used to that yeah my sense of home like shifts really easily I'm like well I live in Chicago now and that's right. sort of like the place where I grew up and the place where my my parents live
1: yeah I find that really interesting
0: yeah, it was super fun being at home. All of my siblings have, I don't know, we, we we reached some sort of like intangible point. I don't know what actually changed in the past two or three years, but I guess maybe we're all just growing up, but it's super fun to get together. I mean, I, I don't I think it's that. only because we're all old enough to drink, you know, but
1: it's no, but that definitely <laughs> contributes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it just I guess it feels more like a party because it's just like a bunch of adults yeah. getting together and hanging out. And it's yeah, it's so much it, fun.
1: I think it also helps when uh, your parents relax a little bit because mm-hmm. uh, I know. So I love going over to my parents house. We had a fantastic dinner on Saturday uh, that my dad cooked that originally we were going to have uh a bigger day um and so we were gonna make him not cook because he always cooks for uh, events and holidays he's a big he Uh loves cooking and he's amazing and when he wants a filet mignon he wants it cooked the way that he wants it cooked (laughs) by golly you can't go in there and try and cook it the way that you want because uh yeah that's not gonna work and so but this day he, he did cause it was smaller. Um, so there was only a couple steaks to cook. And so, uh, but yeah, we just hung out. I mean, Ryan was able to make it, which was fantastic. And we had a fun time just hanging out and just talking and just being, and, uh, Avi being the only kid, it's kind of, it's not as sad as it would seem because she loves being the only kid in events like this where people love her so much uh-huh. that it's just kind of she gets to perform and she gets to be the center of attention. So it's really fun. I saw a picture so of her I get and it. Ryan yeah. that you posted this weekend. They, everybody looked really happy. It was really Yes. Nice. Yeah, it was good. And it didn't have anything to do with the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh,
0: We got um, a lot of nice um, feedback um, from a a listener that I don't think we had heard from before um, named Dylan. Um, They left a comment on uh, last week's episode or like the week before that and then um, this last week's. So they left a bunch of uh, pictures of sketches that they'd made. One in particular was of Wonder Woman after coming home from the theater, which um, I thought was pretty great. I'm still plotting my wonder woman um screening it feels like a fun movie <gasps> you to like. no and it's getting it's getting exhausting to try to avoid to, i'm not very i'm not hyper spoiler sensitive but i'm trying to avoid uh podcasts about it for instance and they're kind of stacking up so yeah you need to go
1: out and watch it like,
0: <laughs> yeah so now. thank you to dylan for leaving all of that um artwork uh it was a bunch of, like, figure drawing and pictures of um, superheroes and not superheroes, but sort of superhero-like sort of postures. And they mentioned that they really liked uh, the Mike Hawthorne um, episode. And uh, that – you 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 must be a true fan because, as we talked about before, talking to Mike <laughs> was the best. It was so much fun. Um, and the sound quality was uh, – Real a a real struggle, Uh, but I've been following Mike ever since we did that, and the the work that he posts on Twitter just sort of casually his warm up sketches. It's not even stuff from from the books that he's drawing. Oh my lord! It just it blows my mind. It makes me so happy. I I always want to like respond to him and just say it's so good. (laughs) It's It's so good. Yeah. Maybe not worth a tweet, but it always makes me smile really big. yeah um totally worth the tweet yeah well maybe i should get better at that um dylan also included a uh a link to uh their youtube where there is uh, a bunch of sketchbook tours which is really cool so there's just a kind of nice mellow um, music bed and then um, flipping through a nice full sketchbook and there's just nothing better than a full sketchbook it's just so many, right? so many hours and days of work, just sort of all clustered up into one place. I, I really love it. Um, so yeah, thank you again, especially for sharing when it. it's
1: really talented. Um, his figure drawings are really impressive. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, mad power to you, Dylan. Thank you so much for sharing.
0: Um, another funny story from being at home. So I mentioned briefly that I was having some mailing address drama trying to get my art snacks box (laughs) which again no fault of art snacks it's just it's just the reality of of moving and um back and forth and so um the first box was sent to my parents address and then I sort of like wrote them and said oh like I changed the address but like I guess maybe I missed the deadline so then they sent me one in Chicago which I also didn't get because of I don't know Chicago apartment building uh, mail drama, but I, mm-hmm. I wasn't worried about it because I knew that I was going to be home um, this weekend. But I hadn't, I hadn't remembered to go searching through the mail because my parents are really nice and they just kind of always expect mail for their children to be coming in (laughs) my parents are too (laughs) yeah it's just like too many years of having that be the primary mailing address so I knew at some point during the weekend I would go and sort of search out whatever sort of big pile of mail and and look for it but Before that, I had run out to get um, birthday presents and Father's Day presents and I had cards and I was rooting around in the, you know, universal uh, junk drawer that everybody has full of like pens and markers. And I look in there and there are Tombow dual brush pens. And I was like, (laughs) why do my parents have these like $3 markers? Like, I know, I know what Tombow are, but why would they care? And there were three of them. I was like this is so strange. And I just kept on, kept rooting around and I like found the Sharpie marker and I'm sitting there filling out my Father's Day card and it sort of hits me like, oh, that's my snacks box that somehow got into the junk drawer. <laughs> somehow got in the junk drawer. So I, uh, I looked up, you know, because snacks posts the stuff that um, is in each box. So I looked up the June box and found the list of markers and pencils and notebook and, and sort of like rooted around in this drawer until I found everything from the box and sort of like <laughs> hoarded it into a corner. And I'm taking <laughs> this home with yeah, me. I was like, you guys are not going to use this stuff. Um, And I think what happened was that my brother was house-sitting for my parents while they were on a trip. And so I think maybe he was just opening the mail and was like, I don't know what this is. Like, I'll just put it in the junk drawer. <laughs> <So>. Right.
1: <laughs> oh, that is so funny. So I'm so glad you found it before you started searching for like going through your mail. Yeah. Because that would be really frustrating. It,
0: it was. Instead instead of having a frustrating experience, I had like a fun um, surprise, surprise feeling, um, <laughs> which is nice because it turned out to be an awesome box.
1: Did you get yours in the mail? Uh, Yes, since it's the end of June. uh, We've been uh, waiting for a couple weeks to talk about it. So we're really far past the spoiler warning. Yeah, which is great. Next week's box is probably just about ready to ship or next month. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, which is fantastic. I'm okay with that. But I, um, so I opened it, but I didn't unwrap. The um the colors or anything because I wanted to wait so we could have our
0: oh nice reveal together yeah so um what color we got three Tombow um brushes um I didn't read about them because I couldn't find the uh, bookmark that came with them but oh, I think yeah. that these are just normal dual brush pens maybe they're special yeah new they're ones. just
1: well no they're just the the regular uh, Tombow. Brush pens, and I actually first learned these because of the bullet journal community because they are huge there. Like, everyone's like, Oh my gosh, you have to get the Tombow pe- like brush pens because they're the best. And it's like, <laughs> is, that okay, how, cool. is that how
0: the bullet journal community
1: talks? <laughs> the, well, that's how I imagine it. <laughs> uh, they're, they're very, um, uh, passionate about. Like their supplies, which is fantastic, like it's so great to see the passion behind it, but i'm like i'm I'm not gonna spend three dollars and nineteen cents on a on a pen <laughs> to decorate my uh bullet journal when I don't really do any decorating, right. but now I have some, and I have some in some bright, happy neon colors, ooh, so ooh, I have ooh. neon orange, a really bright pink, and a neon green.
0: Nice. I got really so it's good. It feels colors very eighties. I have I have two different pink colors. One of them is sort of a soft pastel, not quite um like millennial pink. It's a little more saturated than that, but sort of in that mm-hmm. range. And then another one that's more of like an uh like an orchid or um, fuchsia, but like a little less purple, like a little more pink, like a nice inky pink, and then a dark teal. So these all like go; you these go really well colors. together.
1: Yeah, I shout out to the Art Snacks peeps, because like the color theme has they have been on point l- lately. Like you can tell that the the color ma- makeups of the boxes are really purposeful. Um, and so that's that's really impressive.
0: I would be interested to hear. I don't know if that's something that um, Lee and Sarah talk about publicly, but I know it's something that um, like Art Snacks customers talk about is like how um, how they decide what colors and. Uh, and and how that all goes down and we've talked about this before like in general i try not to get myself into too much of a tizzy about the colors but it's like i don't know it's a human thing people love colors and they have lots of opinions about colors very Um, many opinions yeah Uh, what color did you get in the uh these generals pastel chalk pencils which i was really excited about because i love the generals um drafting pencil that's one of my favorite pencils of all time
1: I got an indigo blue and a sap green. Ooh, I got the sap green too. I also got light nice. blue. Ooh, fancy. Man,
0: this was <laughs> uh, this is quite the haul. We got the 3 brush pens, two pastel pencils, and then this um this like awesome acrylic uh like pink pen. Paint
1: stick. Yeah. yeah. Um I'm super excited for signage making. Uh I'm probably going to be making these uh even though it's so i got a light green color uh not so but um avi is going to be in a um fourth of july parade and so i'll probably make a sign for her out of that nice thick paint
0: yeah this is a karatake um zig product um There's a bunch of brands of these paint markers. When I was in California, my uncle was really into these paint pens. He was like, it was just sort of his jam of the moment. Um, I always have a really soft spot in my heart for these paint pens um, because um, when I was growing up, um, my parents got divorced when I was pretty young. So I was always sort of going back and forth between my mom and my dad's house. And my dad um, was an over the road truck driver. Um, so when we saw him, we would spend most of our time at, um, his parents' house, at my grandparents' house, right. um, which was awesome because I got to see so much of them growing up, like much more than That's like so most of my other cousins. Um, so I always, I always feel a little special about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but my grandpa, when he retired, he, um, started this sort of hobbyist business making lawn ornaments. And his ornaments were really simple structure. They were made out of, um, some of them were made out of this like really thin chipboard that was like half a centimeter thick. And then some of it was made out of, um like slightly thicker board that was maybe like three quarters of an inch thick, but the structure was always pretty simple and most of what he did was he had these line drawings and he had all of these stencils hanging up on the wall and he would take them down and lay them over the um the patterns that he had cut out and he would draw in pencil and then he would paint the sort of large um sections but then the last step was he would do all the line art with paint pens so he had just like jars and jars and jars of paint pens and then on the back he would always write Bud Rivard and he has this like meticulous handwriting from you know leftover from when that was a serious academic pursuit and like his penmanship and like the particular look of that paint pen is like burned into my memory like i love it so much and whenever i see a paint pen that's all i can think about
1: right that's so funny i it's it's amazing how these pieces of art supplies like stick with you cuz i know like you know the gigantic sharpies uh-huh. the chisel markers my dad always has those in his shop. And <laughs> whenever I see one, that's immediately where my brain goes. Just I know, the man. big, huge ones.
0: It's like as a kid, everything just sort of like slurps up into your brain. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. I, w- I hadn't even really thought about, you know, for work, I do all of this incredibly obsessive, meticulous organizing. And that's not something that I really see very strongly in either one of my parents you know like I don't think that they're Mm -hmm. very like obsessive people but my grandpa we always laugh at like he's crazy about like his his ruler always goes back to the exact same spot and even for all those years having dozens and dozens of designs like they all hung up in the same spot and if anything moves he knows exactly where it right. goes and like why it was supposed to be there and everybody makes fun of him you know obviously in a good nature's way of, well uh, of course because <laughs> he's the best but I was like oh Oh, yeah, I can see that. That's, that's sort of my thing. I see you, that's Grandpa. That's get it. I like that.
1: No, I like that a lot. That's really, it's funny how that nature versus nurture type of thing, because of course you did spend a lot of time with your Grandpa.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um so cool. Yeah, so cool Arts next box. I again um we say this I, I say this every time we get the box. I can't I can't say that I've been doing a whole lot of drawing. I've been doing a whole lot of like apartment hunting and going to my job. <laughs> that's been
1: Oh, and uh speaking of the Arts Next Box, we forgot one more thing. We forgot the sketchbook. Oh that's right. It was a Danic um, sketchbook Danic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh that actually Anna's friend Marcos Roman uh did the uh art for the cover. Ah. So that was so really cool. cool. Yeah, Yay. Denik
0: has got a cool little thing going. Um they are they, they have this whole um thing of like art can change the world. Um which is, you know, a true statement. Um, maybe a little bit um sincere and like on the nose, uh for my for my taste, but definitely a true thing. Uh and they work with all these different artists and send art supplies to schools. It's a it's a good deal. Love it. Cool. Um so last week we talked <laughs> about makeup. <laughs> My, i told my mom about that about about the episode and she she like uh I, w- I had to go out and run some errands and she uh listened to it while i was away and my, my <laughs> brother walked into the house and he was like what is that is that heather's voice <laughs> like where is she <laughs> so my poor family is being uh forced to listen to my podcast
1: because my mom really likes it um <laughs> uh, i'm sure she's fun. so sad they're all <laughs> so sad to have to hear what you're doing Um, but this week
0: we're going to hear a little bit about your unicorn origin story, which
1: yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm super excited about. Yeah. So, uh, before I was a unicorn, well, I mean, I guess I've always been a unicorn, uh, but before I was officially a unicorn, I was branded, I branded myself as the Photogs Helper And I helped photographers uh, grow and manage their businesses. And uh, I was also a photographer, of course, but I, and so I used that to my advantage. You know, hey, I know the business side. I know how you just want to be creative, blah, 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 blah. Um, And over time, I kept getting clients that were not photographers and they would just drop in my lap and I loved working with them. And I was like, okay, I can't say no to them just because they're not a photographer. And I believed strongly um, in uh, having, so I would always be telling my photographer clients that it's okay to have a marketing strategy for what you want to shoot just because you specialize in weddings. Doesn't mean you are not able to photograph kids. Just don't put it on any of your marketing. And so that's kind of what I did with my business as well was that I would just be like, okay, yes, I specialized with photographers. But yeah, if someone else comes along, I'll totally help them too. Well, as time went on, it just got more and more. And eventually I was like, okay, I need to rebrand. I had wanted to work away from working with just photographers. I was getting exhausted with that industry and I was like, okay. And so I tried to think about what I could be and nothing came to light. I was just like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then I had a client that asked me to list out everything that I could do. Everything that I was knowledgeable in. And I was like, okay, this shouldn't be too hard. Um, a couple hours later, <laughs> I came up with my list And I sent it over to her and she's like, are you kidding me? Like you, and I was like, yeah, this isn't just stuff that I know how to Google. Like this is stuff that I have actively trained myself on or I'm extremely familiar with or I know I'm good at. Example, one of the things on there that is not on there is copywriting. Don't get me to write ad copy or... Website copy or blog copy, like, don't get me to write, mm-hmm. but I can edit it and I can make it sound better, but don't make me to write it from scratch. Um, and then she just goes, You're a unicorn. You're a freaking unicorn. Because <laughs> she had been looking like, Okay, I'm going to have to get a VA for this, and then I'm going to have to go find an SEO manager, and I'm going to have to blah, 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 blah. And I, so I was like, Oh, unicorns are fun. <laughs> I could do that. Unicorns are magical. Let's let's go with this. And that's kind of where it came from and it really like it it has just kind of exploded from there. Um you can't see it but my uh headphones are kitty ear headphones from Brookstone and they have a unicorn horn on the top. <laughs> um if you visit my website, you'll see a photo shoot of myself in a unicorn onesie. Um, I have unicorn dresses. I have like I have just kind of gone full blast. And in doing so, like I get tagged by Facebook friends anytime there's Anything unicorn that shows up. So when the unicorn Frappuccino from Starbucks came out. Oh, geez. (laughs) Oh, it exploded. My timeline just was like, oh, Kathy, have you seen this? Have you seen this, Kathy? This is so cool. I was like, yes, it's amazing. You know, thank you. Like, I'm always very thankful when somebody thinks of me because... And I try not to get really frustrated in that. <laughs> Look, I've seen it. I, I have, it. I have <laughs> seen it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's hard not to be too frustrated. But that being said, like I am fully embracing this essence of my being and my brand. And it's been such a fun journey. It's almost been a year now. Is it only oh, been a year? I think- yeah, no, oh. I've only been, yeah, I've only, let's see, hold on, let me see, yeah, uh, actually, it was a year ago uh, in May. That's, no. That must have hold been on. like, that was just a couple no, months you- before Art Supply Posse launched. Yeah, uh, actually, no, it's been June, June, uh, what is that?
0: It's such a good fit and it's worked so well. I assumed it was, you know, 5 like years, forever? 6 years like or forever.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Uh June 17th is the day that I made my logo. Dang, that's so cool. Well, I think
0: I think that um rightfully so, uh branding is, is a conversation that gets a lot of uh a, a lot of uh fun made about it. Which is fine because yeah. a lot of it can be pretty uh, pretty gross, but I think that it's it's just an extension of language. It's just trying to be um, consistent and have a sticky and approachable and coherent way to talk about what it is that you do. and I think that the whole like unicorn thing is... It works so well because it's lighthearted. It also implies a certain level of, of sort of exceptionalism and and sort of rarity. But but also this sort of uh, like wisdom and utility, you know, those are all things that, yeah. that sort of people talk about when they talk about unicorns in fiction. And it, it does have this incredibly sticky quality to it where people, I you know, I've been that person so many times, like sending you unicorn paraphernalia. <laughs> I know. And I
1: love it. <laughs> And, it, and it's so funny because it really goes to show that when you have a brand that is you, that you, and granted, this is not for everybody. And, you know, there's some people that are very specific types of markets that are not branding themselves, but are branding the company. Um, which is totally fine. Like there is nothing wrong with that. But for something like what I do and a lot of artists as well, you are branding what you're creating and what you're creating. It's very difficult to not put a little piece of yourself in your art um, and what you do. And I really like being able to really understand who you are and what you're, trying to do but also accept that you might get it wrong the first time I mean right. my very very first brand for the Photogs Helper it was oh my gosh Heather it was terrible I <laughs> it was like I'm gonna have this whole cooking essence like I'm gonna have the feel of a like a diner where you know we have these recipes of like pick and choose what you want for your your menu like and I I tried way too hard Mm. to make it a thing. Yeah. Especially because I don't cook. I am not like, I'm not a cook whatsoever. And I was like, but this is what you have to do. You have to make your brand. And like, so people know that blah, 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 blah. And it, it, that didn't work. It did not work at all. And it's something that it's okay that it didn't work. Right. You know, it did what it needed to do. It wasn't phenomenal though. And it's not as phenomenal as if I do say myself, like my unicorn thing, because it's, it's really permeated my whole sense of self Mm -hmm. and the personality that I present to the world as a whole and in the public. But it also, it really breaks down a barrier um, especially when it comes to something like uh being approachable to potential clients uh right. there's an openness and a welcomeness that that exists with with this unicorn thing that makes it so nice for me because there's always something to talk about, yeah, and I think sometimes
0: um authenticity is um is it's thought that it should be effortless, you know. And I think that that is a a huge mistake. Like, first of all, to be overly simplistic about um, what is and isn't authentic, right? Which we talked about a little bit before, that there's no such thing as perfect communication. Authenticity is always a construct. Like, all you can do is just remind yourself and other people that you're always going to be communicating imperfectly. And so because of that, like, authenticity is something that you can try at. You know, try to get better and better at talking about your business in a way that is true to what you do and what's important and what you value and that's not always going to work on the first run
1: right it takes practice and it takes and it takes an ability to question yourself um, but also like be critical of of what you're doing and how you're presenting yourself and and being willing to make those mistakes Mm because it's not going to happen right the first time it's just not and if it does amazing good for you like yeah kick ass I think it is but like it's especially
0: hard for people when I think they're running small businesses where the separation between what they care about as people and what they care about in their business gets really blurred Yes. And then the stakes seem like they're really high because when you're talking about your business, you're talking about yourself.
1: Right. Especially if it's your business that is all that you're doing. Right. um, That you don't... It's not a side hustle, but it's your main moneymaker. It can be very intimidating to make adjustments that you aren't sure how they'll come out. Yeah. And it can mean the difference, you know, of between like eating ramen or eating a burrito not ramen
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly Uh, it's so true um so when you when you think about like your website and the copy on your website and the photographs that you use and the uh, materials that you send people the list of your services like that whole sort of set of visual and language communication that you use with clients um what are what are the areas where you feel like you're still not like doing as well as you want to or you
1: feel like this is where I really want to improve definitely uh on the word choice i'd love to have more of a cohesive like sounding essence of everything so that because right now i mean i pretty much will just write everything on the fly Mm -hmm. um and i don't have a system for that and it kind of drives my type a personality a little bit crazy but it's just like the cobbler's kids don't have shoes like i'm so busy helping other people that i don't really do it myself right um But, and you know, I, one of these days I need to put together an actual style guide that has my hex codes and it has the fonts that I use and it has Mm -hmm. like all of this in one place. And then I'm like, but I know it. Yeah. But then I'm like, but I need to put it together. (laughs) Yeah. So true. And it's, it's so hard. It's so hard to do for yourself what you do for other people. Um, I know this is crazy, but but it's,
0: it almost, it almost is that you need a sidekick to do that like because I think for I keep on wanting to say our because I used to do a lot of the same work but um, (laughs) when you're working with clients they're trying to get you to do the stuff that is not their main business but the side stuff and you and you kind of do that stuff that they really want to do and need to do but don't always have time to and it's a little you know turtles all the way down but that same structure applies to your business it's just that instead of you know selling t-shirts or whatever your primary business is helping other clients but you have that same structure that means that you don't have as much time as you want to go back and really sort of polish everything and nail it down
1: right yeah um it's all you know very i really need to actually put together my like PDF of services as well Mm -hmm. because right now it's just in an ugly sheet of paper that I just write individual things and like there's all of these things that I can always work on but I'm always working on uh, my clients right and so it's yeah and one of these days I just need to sit down and do it and just do it (laughs) just do it
0: um when you when you were sort of working on when you were working on this when you're trying to figure out a good way to talk about yourself were were there other uh small businesses that you admired that you said like i really i really like the way that they talk about their stuff like this is i think these people are doing a good job
1: not really um uh, with the with the unicorn specifically i just kind of it all just kind of went it splooged out of me uh-huh. um because it just was there it just like existed and it just kind of went out of my fingers onto the page, mm-hmm. um, but when I was doing uh, the Photogs Helper, I definitely picked and pulled from a variety of you know uh, photography coaches and teachers in the industry to kind of try and craft my message. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also because I was starting. So when I started, it was very I was very fresh in both of the industries and very fresh in like what exactly I could do and what I was familiar with and who I was going to work for. And I didn't have my target market. I hadn't, I had nothing. Mm-hmm. And that came through a long time trying to figure out and grow from, I will take anything to keep me from being bored at work right. to, oh, I don't want to work with that type of a person. Right. Right.
0: What would be, what's your advice to people who maybe have a, a side hustle that they still want to have a, a good sort of set of like language and images to communicate about or um, somebody that's maybe growing growing a side hustle into a business? Like what do, you, what do you think are some best practices when you're trying to put together your own
1: sort of brand for a project that you're working on? The most important thing, the most important tool I always recommend anytime I'm helping someone grow this or even if we're just like talking to each other is make a Pinterest board and just pin anything that makes you feel the way that you want your brand to feel. Um, Don't obsess about, oh, I need to pin logos that are like this and try and guide it. If you're go through and just pin the things that make you feel the way that you want your brand to feel, after a bit of time, you know, about a week or two, you'll go back to that, that board and you'll see all of these, oh, look at all of these really bright colors. Okay, I want my brand to feel bright and vibrant. I don't want black and white. I don't want shades of gray. I don't want, you know, these muted tones. I want bright and vibrant. Okay, that can help you. Guide the words that you want to put on that because you want bright, happy, cheerful, whatever those words are. Because when I say, oh, I want purple for my website, that doesn't mean anything.
0: Yeah, that's, I love that idea that like focus on, don't jump right to picking out colors and fonts and mascots. Focus on the, on the feeling. Um, I think that's a good design practice because all the, the colors and the, uh, and the text and the copy, those are all tools that we use to, to get closer to um, the feeling. That's. That's the, yes. the, the real goal. Have you, have you seen the, um, have you heard of the brand deck? No. Um, I just um, Skyped it to you. This is a tool that we used at um, work. It's really simple. It's a small deck of cards and um, the cards have um, uh, an- antonyms. Is that like things that mean the opposite? E- yes. So one yes. card could be simple and complex like on one side or the other they're black and white cards and you you have a pile that's like us not us or uh like sort of not applicable so you kind of similarly sort of test your um your reaction so maybe it's important to you to be simple or maybe it's important to you to be like not complex You know, like there's sort of positive attributes and then negative attributes and you and you sort of um, look around for those feelings. And similarly, when you're done, it's not like you have a finalized like press kit, (laughs) but you have this sort of direction to say like, okay, we want to be like humble and simple or we want to be complex and cutting edge. You know, like these things that elicit
1: different feelings. I love this. This is brilliant because it it the most important part is being able to guide your brain to think about things the way that you need to think about it. And that's why I always like would recommend the Pinterest board because it's something subtle that you can tell. You look at a picture and you're like, this is me. Mm-hmm. Like, I love this. I love how it looks. I love how it feels, whatever. you You can't necessarily... Or most people have a difficult time identifying why. Right. But you can you can put that in there. And I feel like the cards, especially if you have it on a time limit, so you're not able to sit and ponder, oh, well, I guess my business could feel simple because I want them to blah, blah, blah. No, like make them choose and by really like – making it be that gut reaction um could be really beneficial to help like really streamline yeah and, it's and not it's
0: not always about building a uh a visual identity either or right like that's that's sort of what we've been talking about because it's kind of um like closer to visual art which is what we usually talk about but i think about that when i think about blogs that are um they really feel like they have a strong coherent point of view even though the subject matter is it's not it's not like they only ever talk about you know pitching lineups in the national league like it's not this like super right. specific thing it just they they have sort of a category of things that they're interested in
1: um i feel like uh the pioneer woman is a great example of this yeah um So she, I mean, she's been around for years and I loved following her, her journey. Um, But she was just like, okay, I am the city girl in the country Uh type of an essence. And over time it's grown. So she has like her photography. She has her food. She has like the farming. She has her Food Networks show now. She has like these uh she sells um kitchen like dishes and utensils f- for Walmart and the feel of it anytime you see anything like written you could just tell that she wrote that mm-hmm. and anything you see visually her sp- like she has this this very visual bright happy upbeat positive even if she's talking about something sad she still has that positive essence about it and it's visually all very cohesive and so whether she's talking about food or the cattle that died like she has you can tell that it's her
0: yeah that's cool um is there anything else you
1: want to talk about with the unicorn or branding uh just if you need help with your business give me a call
2: (laughs) or don't (laughs) actually call me yeah give me me a
1: tweet (laughs) give me a beat me ping me beat me boot me whatever you that want song me. from kim possible yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes i may or may not have a quote from that on my site <laughs> <laughs> so good because i'm a nerd cool but yeah the unicorn all
0: right so what are we going to talk about next week
1: Next week, I would like you to talk about DIY art with your household supplies. Oh. So whether you need to add something on your bare walls or you want to decorate your desk or you have an art project for like something or you need to make a poster, what do you do? You can't go out. You're not allowed to go to the art supply store. And you got to make something happen. What do you do?
0: <laughs> oh, this is going to be awesome. I think I'm going to end up talking about <laughs> my little sister the whole time because she is. She is the queen of making do. I don't know how many times I've ran out and like bought her duct tape and glue because I was sick of watching her just struggle (laughs) under the imposed, like externally imposed barriers of like, I refuse to buy anything. I'm like, well, I'm going to buy it for you. So I don't have to watch you try to tie this stuff together with string when what you really need is 12 inches of duct tape. (laughs)
1: i love it i love it so much
0: awesome cool um well um if you want to get a hold of uh me or kathy uh we are both on twitter um kathy is at mrs soup i am at perryard um or you can um get us both at art supply posse for the show you can also email us at hello at art supply posse.com um thanks as always to Bob Atkins of Skylab Letterpress for our intro and outro music. And we hope you guys have a great week.
1: Bye guys. Night posse. Night posse.
2: Stop me, cause I'm impossible. There is nothing I can do, I'm in danger, cautious.